see Martin coming in on Mark and the spirit of him in our way. And people are praying again right to see he's walking around a little dizzy. He's got some back problems and uh, hopefully uh, he'll be able to correct it down the road for sure. We're going to go to the book of Matthew, chapter number 26. When we have communion on Sunday mornings, it's, I found it difficult to have a message and then have a second message for communion so we can back to communion. So um, what I'm doing on Sunday mornings when we have communion is we're going to have communion. And we want to dedicate this service to this important thing that we do. It's interesting how God says, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup. It's interesting when you look at covenants, and there's a, we'll talk about in a moment, there's a connection in the covenants um, that he says this is another new covenant, new covenant that I'm having with you. And in the Old Testament, when there was a covenant made, it was something that was laid out and outside would have a sign associated with it. And they would have a specific sign to fulfill that. Or if you look at the feasts that were created, there's a specific month, a specific day. This is going to be done annually. This is when you do it. Here, God gives us again a new testament of the grace of liberty. We can do it when we want to. So this time, we might want to do it more often. And it's a beautiful thing for sure. We're going to be a little bit ahead of what we've brought to Matthew 26, starting in verse 17. Would you stand out of your step with that word, please, this morning? Matthew chapter 26, we're going to start in verse Number seven two the feast is background. Now the first day of the feast of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus sitting at the table. Well, will the thou be prepare for thee to eat the Passover? And he said, Go to the city, and say that here. The master said, My time is in hand, which is peace. Because the other time he said, My time is in yes. Jesus knew what this last meal was all about. And I'll keep the Passover in that house and with our disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them. And they did, they made ready the Passover. Now, when the Jews would come, he sat down with the twelve. And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful and together one of them said, Lord is I. And the answer said, He that digger in his hand with me in a day, the same shall return to me. The son of man goeth, as it is written of him, but woe unto that man whom the son of man betrayed. It is better, it is good for that man that he has not been born. That Judas has betrayed him. And he said, Master, is it I? And he said unto him, Thou hast said. As they were eating, Jesus took bread. Blessed and break it. He gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. He took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, new agreement, new covenant, if you will, which is said for many for the remission of sins. That's the end I will not drink that form of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. And when they had summoned him, they went out into the mouth of olives. Isn't it sweet to know that Jesus saying, He and his men, after this was over, they, they broke forth and they offered to review the song 
and they will begin to worship God as we resolve. Father, as we enter your word, Lord, we are blessed this time. And we do trust, Lord, that you're going to use them for your glory and for your purpose. Speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit. Soften us, and we'll be ready to have this new communion with you. In Jesus' name we pray. One of the signs that you're getting older, older, okay, is that when your wife sends you into the store and you're in there and you can't remember what it is that she sent you in for. I know that doesn't happen to any of you guys, or not yet, but the other day she's like, oh, you three things. Okay, you gave her two days. And I, I, and I do this, you know, because you have to place in your mind, okay, there's more than one. Okay? So therefore, you're coming up with three. And then sometimes I'll try to do an acronym, I'll try to remember the first letters so that it gives me, you have to look. All you do is walk, go from the car into the store. This is not that far. And yet you have to work on remembering that you needed sugar and a couple of other things. And yet we... <laughs> and you walk into the room and you wait for something and then you're there and you say, why am I here? And then you have to go back and retrace everything so that you remember what it was. And then you're like, oh, yeah, this is what I went for. And you hope that that's time. You walk into that room that you indeed will remember the second time it happens. We remember things in our lives. I mean, it's amazing. The mind is incredible. Our body creates And what it's like an indent that happens in the thing that gives you long-term memory versus a short-term memory. Teenagers understand short-term memory. That's what you do for your test. It's like if you got it down, go in and scribble down and got a test done, and you know, uh, long-term is a different thing. It does seem like there's certain things that create a long-term memory, and oftentimes they are joyous occasions. You know, we're going to remember marriage. We're going to remember what we propose. We remember all of these things that are bringing the joy. And I will tell you, there are certain times we want to forget the times that we were crying, the times that there was hardship or there was sadness. We want to suppress those memories because we don't want to recall, recall the hurt. And this is our nature. This is, this is what we all go through. And that's why I think Jesus was saying to them, and what was about to take place was not a joyful occasion. It was something that was hard. It was something of separation. It was something involving death. These are all negative things. And yet Jesus had to remind them, remember me. Remember this. Remember this covenant. Remember what has happened. I'm sure when they were thinking about the, the time when the Mount of Transfiguration and seeing the glory of God and hearing the voice of God is like, wow, that's an easy one to remember. But sometimes we are like that, that we forget. And God is really telling us to remember. It's interesting how this word in our English language really gives meaning to, to how the mind works. But to remember is to have in the mind an idea which has been in the mind before and which recurs to the mind without effort. Have you ever noticed this person smells 
of what he did with his love for both Christ. And then he went on to do with Lord and others. He had like the first you know, year or so after we were here is when he went on to do with the Lord. Actually, a few years ago, he had surgery that time. And then a couple years after that, he went home to be with the Lord. And uh, just memory days. And you think of the people and we remember to go to a place and we remember. Jesus is trying to help us to understand something when it comes to memory. First of all, God remembers. God does not have a problem with remembering. It's interesting, the first time he says this is right after the flood. He says in Genesis 9, 15, I, God says, I will remember my covenant. Isn't that great? God doesn't forget what he agrees with when it comes to later. Which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, and the waters will no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. Then it doesn't remember. God says, no matter how wicked, this is not the way I'm going to do it in the future. God says, I will remember this. And that's why that rainbow that we see is a reminder of God's covenant with man. I love it when Jeremiah 31, I'm going to pass through some of these quickly, verse 34. He says, I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. It had not been God Jesus to forget, although he could remember every detail of our lives. Stanson on the side the other side of it, God says to man, don't forget to forget or remember, excuse me, God. And what we see several times in the scriptures is man rehearsing to God, remember me. Stanson said it. When he called on the Lord and said, Oh Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me. I pray thee only this once, O oh God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines from my two eyes. Remember me, and God remembered him. So Hannah, when she was vowing to God, she said, Lord of hosts, if you will this day indeed look upon the affliction of your handmaid and remember me. And not forget your handmaid. And then she dedicated that child, of course, to the Lord. And she remembered. She remembered the covenant, the agreement that she made. What was it that maybe in your lives that would carry something of a burden when you came to God and called on Him and said, God, remember me? In our friendship with others, we can see that did the exact same thing. God reminded Israel to remember them. But specifically, he told them to remember his works. Deuteronomy 8 18, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, which for it is he, that is God, that gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swear unto your fathers as it is this day. Nehemiah those when they were under attack, when they were building the wall, he said, I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and the rest of the people, Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord. Is that a good one? You got, a, you got an enemy out there, you got some kind of oppression thing coming. God will be saying to you, Remember me. 
And I want to encourage each other. Don't forget God in the situation. He hasn't left you. He, he's not forsaking you. He is there. His presence is there. And I love how he moves. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible. And touch for your brothers, your sons, and your daughters, and your wives, and your homes. That was Nehemiah 4.14. Psalm 77, 11 says, I will remember the work of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. If that's the case, why would God have to say, don't forget? Remember. It's because it is our nature. It is our nature to forget. Jesus, knowing this nature of ours, and even the times of Israel would forget, the times that the church would forget. I remember in Hebrews, he says, Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them, and them that suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Can I talk to us of the church a little bit? For just a moment? We want in our lives in America, this is just a cultural thing that's driving us. We want everything happy. We want everything positive. When we come to church, we don't want to hear negative. We are referred to words that we don't want to use because it brings up a negative thought. Some of you even told me, God just wants me to be happy. So whatever going to make me happy, that's what God wants. That sounds really sweet, and it sounds, sounds maybe very able. I mean, trying to bring this friendship and this happiness and everything. But here in the real world, and in the biblical world, not everything is going to be positive. And we have to talk about the negatives. And we have to talk about what somebody is doing wrong, and it's sinful, etc. And it's almost like we want to suppress anything that's negative, and if there's any, any memory of work or any memory of something that's negative, we want to put that to the side because I just want to be happy. And the truth is, not everything in this life is happy. This occasion that we're talking about today has to do with death, betrayal, hurt, a betrayal kiss. The man that he ministered and helped would never give his heart to Christ, or never give his life to Christ. And he said, if I'm something better than this, what he's giving. So as many have surmised that he felt it would be better to be prayed, at least get some money out of this three and a half years that he's been hanging out with Jesus, and get something out of it. He didn't see the kingdom. He didn't see the longevity. So we sometimes have to remind ourselves about the brothers and sisters that are in bondage. And I'm not talking about their having surgeries and they're, they're going through, you know, physical problems, and that is bad. But I'm talking about persecution here. I love um, the those who take the time to talk about the, the Christians and the sufferings in many countries that they are in. And we take the time to remember them, to pray for them. Because if it were you and I there, we would start covering Christians' prayers, wouldn't we? 
because you were the one on the other side that not everything was going well. But don't be the negative thing. We want to talk about that. And you need to think it's out of sight. It's out of mind. And that's not the best. Remember. Second Thessalonians 2 says, Remember you not that when I was with you, I told you these things. You had to go to the church and say, Do you remember it's talking about the future? It's talking about the world? It's talking about everything that's going on? Have you forgotten so quickly? Says, remember that Jesus Christ, the King of David, was raised from the dead according to my gospel. It's like they forgot the big one. The resurrection. It's like it went out of their road path. It wasn't even something that was important anymore. So I'm telling you the preacher that the one thing that I always had to keep in front of myself and keep in front of you is the gospel. You say we're saved. We don't need it anymore. Mm-hmm. If we forget the sufferings, what's that going to do to our attitude and our ministry? It becomes ours, not his. Sometimes I think it's a point of, of embarrassment of what has happened inside of churches to no longer keep sin in front of the people, the death of Jesus Christ, the resurrection, and the power of the resurrection in front of the people. And it is more, uh, let me tell you how to feel good about yourself today, messages, is not helping people. We need the Word. The living Word is going to come inside of us and bring forth spiritual life. This is it. Remember Him. Remember the Word. Remember what's all about. Don't forget the resurrection. Are you kidding? I mean, why did God say that way? Because no one even forgets the power. It's interesting when He got into this whole remember me, remember what it's all about. Take do this in remembrance of me. Did He didn't say, remember to carry it, keep that in front of you? He didn't say that. He didn't say, well, I'm going to take me, and he's going to have me take the death, and he could have released me. Remember, Father, remember them who drove those doors into my hand and feet. Remember them. Remember those who mocked me and spat my face, ripped my beard out. Remember those who defined that crown of thorns and turned them. Remember those things. He didn't say that. Let's do in remembrance of him. The focal point is the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus called to us. Do this in remembrance of me. Remember what? Well, we have two elements. We have bread and we have wine. The bread represents his body. The wine represents his blood. These are the two elements that we remember about the person of Jesus Christ. The cross, the physical body, as an individual was put onto the cross, was looked at as a cursed maker. It was versus cursed as every man that hangs on a tree. Gee, hmm, body, cursed, holy. Jesus took our curse when he died on the cross. In his body, 
We are the ones that deserve to die on the cross and take the curse. The curse came as a result of the law. So the law was taken care of by the body of Jesus Christ as he hung on the tree in God's life. The law on the other side is that what God had laid out from the old testament on, that at a specific time, blood was to be killed by an innocent animal and will be put on altars to be purified, the purifying agent for the sin of the people. And the one specifically was when the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies and when they sprinkle the blood of the, of the land onto the mercy seat, and that's where forgiveness would be for the priesthood and all 12 tribes of Israel, all were forgiven as a result of that day of atonement. And like Hebrews, how it says that Jesus Christ, number one, is our high priest. And he also went into the holy place, but he didn't go in with an animal's blood. He went in with his own blood and struggled it at the place of mercy, which is God looking at you and saying, You poor thing. You poor spirit. You're helpless. That's why those are trying to work themselves in the heavens that are struggling with God. Because it's mercy. God looks at you and says, You don't deserve anything, and it has come on you, and it has my own blood shed, has sprinkled in the mercy seat of glory for all the world's sin. God, don't do it. In the perpetuation for our sins of believers, but not for our sins only, but for the sins of that. Oh, all ages, every one that needed to be saved, the world's torment is available, but it's only applied to those that believe. Also, trust me in Jesus Christ as Savior. And if you have it, you need it. Just call on me. Call on right now for the very moment. You're on a sinner, and she can die for me. His body was broken, and his, and his blood was there for me. He really did for me. Believe that. My whole heart. Call him right now. You can say it anywhere, anytime. So we're called to remember his sacrifice. We're called to remember his covenant, his agreement with us. But he did just mean for us. This is the new covenant, the new agreement that God has with man. And the only way this covenant, and I'm using another word, will can be put into place. It's for a death. So the Lord has put the cross and table for those who are, uh, or just lost a loved one, that loved one created an agreement for that which he owned, or he owned, that was done to certain people, children, relatives, the, the poor nephew, you know, whoever. And so they lay it out, and that murder will re- read out what is lawful, what is actually now in the place that it could happen until that person died. That's what Jesus said. This is an agreement with you. It's written in my book. The agreement that I have with man told me. It's going to be sealed in a matter of hours from what we just read. The book is going to be said, and I'm going to die. And as soon as that happened, when Jesus cried out, completing the same, it is finished. Now, it's 
clearing away is the nature. It's so hard for us to be focused. And so I, boy, I ask you to forget everything just for a couple of minutes. You have no problems? I don't know. If you don't, you're a teenager. Okay? Let me close your hand a little bit. And then you might have some physical issues. But you know what I'm saying? Because if we got we all have issues, we all have physical problems, we have mental problems, we have all this stuff that is heavy and it's burdening us and this and that. The same thing is starting to think about the kingdom and the kingdom. And all of a sudden, all is well. All is well. Because of the joy. But we need to focus on the one that makes all well. It is well with my soul. It is well as part of me because of what he has done, not because of who I am. Because who I belong to, and what he's done for me for his love and his grace, his covenant, his broken body, and his precious blood for me. Father, we ask you to bless this time, this part of the service that we remember you. This time now as we go into this invitation is a time for us as Christians to reflect on our hearts and to prepare our hearts for this. If there's something between ourselves and you, Lord, we want to confess it. We want to get it right. I know there's times sometimes a Christian realizes they're not in a place where they can't get communion. And Lord, we want to judge ourselves, not our neighbor, not our spouse, not our children, anyone we're allowed to judge at times ourselves. So, Lord, help us to judge ourselves. And then you tell us to take it that way and drink it the cup. Lord, also I pray for those who might be struggling right now. Spirit is struggling. Lord, this has been on my heart, my life's heart this week a lot. And Lord, I pray that you do this on your word in the community to start to bring them back to spiritual reality. So they come back to you, Lord. And they're going to put you first. And they're going to take these cares of the world and throw them aside and focus on you. And Lord, those who are here not knowing you as Savior, that right now, in the quietness of this moment, they will call on you as Savior. They will believe your finished work on the cross and through your resurrection. We just claim that, Lord, now it's time for them to believe. That time, my friend, that we look around, if you are ready right now to invite Christ into your heart, do it. It's solemn. It's to me something like this, God, I know that you're saying I am a sinner and wash away my own sin. But I believe that's why Jesus came. It was me from my sin. He did the work on the cross. I believe he did the work on the resurrection. And I'm calling you now to see for forgiving me and giving me eternal life that I'm forgiven and I'm your child. You pray something like that, we really rejoice with you. Please let me or someone at this service know all about that. 